On this episode of The Nosebleeds, we're going to be discussing the NBA draft lottery drama, mock drafts, what's going on with Anthony Davis, then we're moving on to what's going on with the Lakers, and then last but not least, we're going to end it off with the MLB. We're going to give you an Angels Otani San update, and Chris Sales goes 17K in seven innings. We're going to talk about it, all this and more on The Nosebleeds. Life on the edge, I'm dangling my feet. Tried to pay attention, but attention paid me. Haters can't see me. Nosebleed seeks into Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nosebleeds podcast. That's K-N-O-W-S Bleeds, because we know what we're talking about, but we sit up in the nosebleeds because we broke, okay? Don't judge us. Now, it's me, your girl, B, and I got... It's your boy. Yo, what up, y'all? It's Kush, and welcome back be dizzle be hot be sauce brandy uh no play what's up man how was your how was your birthday it was good um i was just with my family uh we just went out to dinner some italian restaurant so it was really nice so no tequila shots well no ah boo <laughs> i'm 22 now i'm an old woman so i gotta relax oh my god give it a rest <laughs> but Happy birthday, late belated birthday again. Thank Hope you, you had you. a great day. It was great. Um, I felt very loved. I got a lot of shout outs on Instagram. Thank you. Uh, thanks for shouting me out on our Twitter. Thanks. Follow us on our personal accounts, you guys. <laughs> we need followers. <laughs> We're trying to get that blue check mark. Uh, yeah, duh. Like, if once we get blue check marks, I'm going to get us little cupcakes oh with my little God. blue check marks on them. It's going to be really cute. Okay, so let's get started. First, okay, well, we're only going to talk about the NBA MLB, so let's start with the NBA because it's going on right now, or at least, you know, playoffs are. So let's just debrief. Let's talk about what happened at the end of the second round series. My, honestly, second round was absolutely amazing. Loved every part of it, except maybe the Bucks celtics series, but every other series was, I loved it, especially after that kind of whack first round the second round was so much more fun to watch oh definitely no i think it we as fans deserve that in the second round because the first round was kind of just like oh like you know what is it are they even into it like what's going on but now it's like game time yeah so let, we'll start off with the most recent second round game which is the raptors sixter sixers and that Bro. Kawhi leonard shot Ugh. you want to talk about a shooter's bounce a shooter's touch you want to talk about luck Luck, yeah, I I can one hundred percent agree. I mean, the fact when I saw that shot go up first, first of all, he went all the way to the corner and he pulled up over Joel Embiid, and it looked short. I thought honestly he was gonna airball it, and somehow he yeah. hits the side of the rim, mm -hmm. gets the friendly touch, bounces on the other side, and then on the other side, I thought it was gonna fall out again. It was like every Disney Channel basketball movie at the very end when the <laughs> team wins. That's every single shot. Insane. Seriously. If I was in beat, I would have cried too. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I was crying with him. Yeah, but I mean, you want to talk all that talk, you got to back it up. True. That's you gotta very back true. It up. So it was a very poor offensive showing from both teams until that la that fourth quarter when they were just mm -hmm. going back and forth. And that was like amazing. Um, but the Raptors, that lucky bounce, gave them a spot in the actual luck. I think there was ghosts up there in the Raptors. Yeah, it's like, it's like angels in the outfield. Yeah. There's yeah. angels at the rim. Bam. Oh, that's a good... Should we start that movie? Trademark? I'll start writing that right now. Angels on the rim? Yes. All right, let's do it. We're doing it. 
So yeah, and then the other series, Buck Celtics. I talked about that in our last podcast. You already series. know how we feel about it. So yeah. we're not gonna go over it again. Yeah. Okay. Bucks and then Warriors Rockets. This surprised Dude. me. Yeah. Because was... no no KD in the fourth quarter and James Harden took one shot. And it's like no Kevin Durant, their best like offensive threat, and James Harden doesn't take advantage of that and that's how they lose game uh, five. I mean, he really he didn't step up like he should have. Mm-mm. He definitely did it, and I think that it now coming to we'll see what um, Giannis does. But when it's coming down to who's the MVP, like you well, need to show up on those games. Yeah, like, and that's that that's what kind of separates you the men from the boys. Yeah, I I agree with that. But the thing with MVP, it's only regular season, so all the votes are already tallied up and doesn't take into account playoffs. But like you said, it's kind of showing the world right now who the real MVP is because. Harden didn't step up when he needed to. Even in that game six with no KD, he didn't step up. Mm-hmm. Like, that should have been a game for the Rockets to win, especially when Curry had zero points in the first half. Dude. Zero what? points. Second half, 33 uh, points. He's like, oh, y'all forgot who Steph Curry was? Let right. me show you. Let two me remind time, you. Two-time MVP. Yeah. Only MVP who he, won unanimously. He cannot be stopped. He can't. He's ridiculous. When when he sees it go into the rim like once or twice, that basket just gets wider and wider mm-hmm. and wider for him. And I mean, I don't want to blame Harden for their loss because obviously he didn't lose the entire game by himself. But as a leader, Stephen A. Smith said this: like if this this was your year to beat the Warriors, this was your mm-hmm. year, and you couldn't do it. You didn't pull through. Mm-hmm. I mean, it well, obviously wasn't meant to be, but you know. Going back to that, like you have to show up at those moments. Like playoffs, that's when you show up. Steph Curry didn't didn't do anything in the first, and then but he when showed his team up. needed Ex- him most, exactly, he showed up. Yep, agreed. And then Nuggets Trailblazers, hell of a series. I am so heartbroken. Hell, you, why? Because Nuggets didn't make it. Yeah, I was oh, rooting I called, for the Nuggets. I called it on this podcast. I was. They were the underdogs the whole time. You did call it. I'll I said Trailblazers in seven. I did say Dame was going to go off game seven. He didn't. C J McCollum. Put so the you team get, on his back. So you get no, seven. No, hell no. I'm, I'm taking get, all the no, credit no, no, for no, that. No, 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 no. You get two out of five thumbs up. Oh, my God. But, um, no, I was heartbroken. I really thought, like, the Nuggets, I was like, oh, sh-. I was like, oh my God, like, they're going to make it. Like, they're going to do it. Like, this is crazy. Like, I was with I was with Denver. Like, it was going to be insane. Like, I was so excited. But they just fell short. They fell short. And, I I mean, it was talent. I think it was a difference in talent at the end of the day. Honestly, outside of Jokic, I mean, Millsap had a great series, mm-hmm. but really. They just ran out of gas. Yeah. I, I mean, and it could be from that seven-game series against the Spurs going into another seven-game series. Like, even if they yeah. would have won the series, like, God knows what would have happened against right. the Warriors. Oh, like, they would have no. been gassed. Right. No, I think that's hard for any team to go back-to-back seven games. Yeah. And then, because, yeah, maybe when they played the Warriors, they probably would have ended in four. Yeah. I think easy. So with that win, the Trailblazers will be taking on the Warriors in round or in the conference finals. So let's go ahead and talk about the conference finals now. I expected this. Warriors beat the Trailblazers yeah. pretty easily. Didn't with I mean it didn't look extremely difficult. There were the Trailblazers, they they did very well. But both teams are coming off game sevens. So I think that by game by the next game, like we'll we'll really see like kind of where they're at in terms of this series. Yes. I can't I don't really want to give a prediction yet. I what? I know gotta, I know gotta, the Warriors are gonna win. In but how many? You you gotta say it. I don't wanna say it yet. I don't wanna count the first game. So but. so Kevin Durant was out game one. He's most likely gonna be out game two. Game three maybe comes back. And then obviously Demarcus Cousins is out. With that being said, I think the Trailblazers might steal a game, but I think that's about it. 
I think it's going to go five games yeah, to the Warriors. Because plus the Warriors, knowing the matchup that's in the Eastern Conference with the one and two seed, the Raptors and Bucks, mm-hmm. they don't know how long that can go. So the Warriors are going to try to take the opportunity to get as much rest as they can. Yeah, I think that they could. I think that they are going to do it in five. I'd like to see them do it in six. I don't think that they're going to go to seven. I mean, we'd all love to see them do it in seven. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. More I games don't think it's gonna, yeah, but I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. And then, but if the Warriors beat them in five, then that means they're going to get more rest and they're going to be freaking conference champs. They're going to be rulers of the world again, and I'm not going to hear the end of it yeah. from well, I mean, first fans. Thing, first thing that Portland needs to do is take care of the ball. They had 21 turnovers oh, yeah. in game one. Oh, so by the way, we're recording this Wednesday night. Game one was played Tuesday night. As of right now, the Bucks and Raptors are playing right now. Um, but... In game one, Portland versus Golden State, Portland had 21 turnovers, and the Warriors took full advantage of that. They scored 31 points off those turnovers. and I feel like that was just, that was honestly terrible. Like, how could you, yeah. 21 turnovers in a conference final? It's also the Oracle atmosphere, I believe, like playing in Oakland. I think that yeah. kind of atmosphere kind of like... That's true, because it's their up, last yeah. time playing in Oakland And it's as also well. like, they're in the conference finals, and like... Nobody expected them to be there, and plus, I think it's just a lot of pressure. It's like, now you're in the conference finals. Like, show us what why you deserve to be in the conference finals. Yeah. And so right now, it's the third. It's almost the end of the third quarter with the Raptors and the Bucks. The Raptors are winning 78-72. to 72. I really wish we were watching this right now. Uh, like, yeah. I can't wait to, like, I think I recorded it. I'm going to, I can't wait to go home and watch this. This is probably, it's either going to be a great defensive game or it's going to be a shit show. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the thing with the, the Bucks. So now moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Raptors are up right now, but honestly, they're playing in Milwaukee, and I don't think Milwaukee can drop Game One like they did against the Celtics because the Celtics are not, or the Raptors are not the Celtics. Yeah. Like if they drop Game One, they are literally have to be like, oh shit. So the Bucks gotta really buckle up and. The Bucks get... gotta buckle up. You like that? So uh, they, they, I didn't actually. They just need to get their shit together. <laughs> And no, I think the Bucks will. I think the Bucks are going to go to the finals. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Something crazy's got to happen. Yeah, but and I'm here for. It. I'm here for the crazy. I'm here for the drama. I'm here for it all. But I'm Kawhi I think it's Leonard gonna... is growing. Like he's, he's just going been. Off. He's putting the team on his back. Yeah, he really is. Like, but how you can only carry someone for so long before they break you down. Boom, so that life lesson. That's my thing. Is like I think the Bucks are going to take the series. In seven games, really? Yeah, I think it's going to seven I for think, sure. I think maybe six. I say five. It could be six. Oh, I don't know about five. Five is like, damn. Yeah, I think they're gonna dominate. I got full support and confidence in the Bucks. Okay, well, I think seven. I'm shifting all my love and support I had for Harden onto Giannis now. So oh he's can't, he can't disappoint me now either. <laughs> um, so I think the Bucks are gonna take it in seven, and unless. Leonard could get help from another teammate. Siakam is been there, like, but not very, not consistently. He's been in and out. He has shown his flashes in games, and but Lowry is still nowhere to be found yeah. in the playoffs. He's been very disappointing this entire playoffs. He he is every single playoffs. That that's playoff Kyle Lowry for you. So he's, he's like Clayton he's, Kershaw in baseball. The playoffs. Yeah, and their bench is still lost to like no one knows where the Raptors bench is they've showed up to maybe one two games this entire playoffs so they need to really really rely on that bench yeah. in order for them to win this series Kawhi Leonard's gonna end this season headed into surgery to fix his broken back <laughs> damn that's ruthless <laughs> um 
But so, no, you're right. Like they need to show up, and like it's amazing how honestly how far they've gotten s- this point with Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi's going off. I mean, that kind of shows you how the Eastern Conference is and how the Eastern Conference has been this entire time. I mean, the Sixers did take him to seven games, but True. other than that, like that's pretty much how weak the Eastern Conference is, in my opinion. Like, um, like the Western Conference, you look at. Like, everybody thought Oklahoma City was going to beat Portland in the first round, but mm-hmm. Oklahoma City was a sixth seed. Portland was a third seed. So, it's like, those lower seeds are still that good yeah. in the Western Conference. Whereas, in the Eastern Conference, Pistons got swept. Yeah. Um, It was like cake, for sure. Yeah. Eastern Conference. And then, just to give a quick update, so it's the end of the third quarter. Raptors are leading now 83-76. to 76. Mm. If Raptors pull this off... I I think they have. I'll be shocked. It, it, it will I'll help. Be shook. Kind of, yeah, I'll be shaking. Maybe maybe it's too much rest for the Bucks, ending in five games. Maybe and just kind of slowly getting just, back into it. Yeah, and now momentum with Toronto after that shot. That's a good theory. I support that. Yeah, maybe it's just momentum. Yeah. Um. So, something that happened before Game One last night was a draft lottery. Bro, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> wildest draft lottery I've ever seen, or even in NBA history for that matter. Yeah, honestly, I think we should take a moment of silence for the Knicks organization. And Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly, as soon as I find out, as soon as I find out that the Knicks didn't have the first um, pick anymore, I was like, what is Stephen A. Smith? So I went directly to his Twitter. He posted a rant. He wasn't in the dark. He was in the dark. Like, I don't even know where he was. He could have been like in his bed asleep, but he just had to say something. He's shook. He is sick. That sucks. Oh, you should have seen the Stephen A. Smith show this morning. He was just, like, going off on there. He's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> He's like, but Monty Jones, you my bro, but don't talk to me. Anything. <laughs> People that are laughing at the Knicks. Like, anybody there, that's not a Knicks fan. Oh, my God. There have funny. been so many memes about the Knicks and, like, what Knicks fans are doing right now. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. Knicks fans were so confident that they were going to get yeah. the number one pick that they had a graphic ready of Zion <laughs> in a Knicks jersey and he some Timber- and some Timberlands. <laughs> like, he has some Tims on. Full support. But, yeah, no, that's Dead sad. Ass. That's Dead sad, 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 sad as hell. But, honestly, okay, so I think, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to post my favorite memes from the Knicks losing the first pick on our Instagram, so keep a lookout for that. You're gonna laugh a lot, I promise. Yeah, because it's just too funny. You know, like I, I wish, I wish I could share and you could see how hard I laugh when I watch these. But we're gonna do it. So if you didn't watch the draft lottery, you guys, it was probably like, what the hell are these guys talking about? So let's break it down a little bit. What break happened down, in the lottery? Um, so the lottery completely changed this year. They changed the format of it. Whereas the number one or the worst record in the league had a 25 percent chance of getting the first pick. Whereas now they're kind of trying to defeat the purpose of tanking. So they made the bottom three uh, teams with the worst record have an equal chance at the first pick with 14% each. With that being said, it was New York Knicks, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Phoenix Suns all had the 14% chance at the first pick. Only one of those teams made it in the top four. That means three other teams jumped up from their position to the top four, which is absolutely insane. All I gotta say is, is that I think the strike that the Lakers fans had outside Staples Staples Center, it worked. (laughs) (laughs) It worked. So yeah, Lakers were one of those teams that ended up, they jumped from, I believe it was 11. To four. To to four, and then the Grizzlies jumped up, and the Pelicans jumped up to the top four teams. 
and then it ended out oh and then no the funniest thing was so so each team has representatives uh representing their team obviously yeah players. so for whether it's players whether it's a gm whether it's like ownership whatever it is so the the lakers had kyle kuzma <laughs> and rachel nichols who was hosting the nba draft lottery was like oh kuzma got his you know fan or his lucky jacket on and right when they said it or right when they said that it wasn't the lakers pick like the lakers are jumping up to top four <laughs> rachel nichols was like yeah I see it was that lucky jacket and Kuzma just lost it. There's like memes and everything about it. We'll post it on our nosebleeds oh, yeah. thing. And uh, after that, literally right after Rachel Nichols said that, Adrian Wojnarowski, savage, absolute savage. He said, oh, that's great. Top four pick, just another piece for the Anthony Davis trade. And everyone knows <laughs> Kuzma's going to be a part of that package. So Facts. it was awkward. It was like, I was like, dang, Woj, I didn't know you you had that savagery in you. I loved it. I love the savagery. I love the talk back on, on like, sports shows and TV now. Like, I think it's what's natural, and we need to showcase it. So, that it was so funny. And, honestly, the Lakers should trade everyone, including LeBron for Zion. There's and no – well, well, we'll say who the number one pick is. Cause right, yeah. Cons- pretty sure consensus number one pick this year is going to be Zion. So, the top four teams that made it, like I said – Lakers, Grizzlies, Pelicans, and then the Knicks. Oh my God, those are really funny memes. There's just a lot of funny memes that really came out of this NBA lottery draft, so we'll post them all. So the top four ended up being Lakers number four, which from 11 to four is a win. Huge W. I think it was an 8% chance. Less, way less. It was like 2% or something like that for the Lakers to get. Uh, well, to get a first pick, to yeah. get it to get in the top four. Well, I, yeah. and I'm saying to get into the top four, oh, I think it yeah. was like an eight percent chance. And then the Knicks ended up. So the Knicks ended up with a third, even though the Knicks ended the season with the worst record in the league. So everybody thought Zion was going to the Knicks, and the fact that they ended up with a third pick, that's why Stephen A. Smith lost his mind, and all these New York fans, or New York Knicks fans, are losing their mind because they're like. Are you shitting me right now? Like, how could this happen? Like, even a top two, like, top two, because you can still get John Morant, but it's like, we'll go off our our mock draft later, but, like, the third pick and these two teams that weren't even supposed to be in the top three jumped over you, like, they just lost their shit. That sucks. Sucks for the Knicks fans. And then Memphis ended up with number two, which I don't think a lot of people are talking about Memphis getting number two. And then the number one pick is going to the New Orleans Pelicans. So Zion's going to be a Pelican. And if that's not insane, I don't know what is, especially with all the drama the Pelicans have gone through this past season, with the AD trade talks, with Dell Dams getting fired. Like, wow. Just wow. I wonder. So I think, I mean, going back to what we kind of mentioned earlier, so what's going to happen now? What do you think is going to happen now? Well, I... First thing first is this just goes to prove that tanking is not an option anymore for NBA teams because clearly the two of the top three worst records mm-hmm. didn't even get a top four pick. Didn't even matter. So I like it. Defeats the purpose of tanking. No, yeah, it keeps it. I mean, yeah, it keeps it competitive and it's better for the fans. So you want to talk about our mock drafts now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So who do you have? Why well, we both have Zion going number one? I'm sure. What I didn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> Honestly. Okay, but do you think, now that Zion's number one, do you think the Pelicans, who, like, what do you think they would trade? Like, if somebody wanted that first pick. So, so the whole The thing, whole team, right? 
Well, I don't think they're getting away Zion. Zion is a once-in-a-generation player, like a LeBron, like an Anthony Davis. True, but if they did, what what do you think that scenario would be? Like, you know how the Lakers were going to trade everyone for Anthony Davis, and so now this is Zion. So they're going to trade the players, the bench, the facility. Well, obviously, if it's like... The deed to their houses. <laughs> oh I give them a little piece of their team. Yeah. Like, you know what? Trade. I have some stocks. You can have those, too. <laughs> I got some Apple stocks from the 80s. Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, I don't – yeah, there's no way they're trading Zion at all, that number one pick, regardless. Yeah. Um, So, Zion, number one pick, I think, consensus, Pelicans. And the great – so, Anthony Davis has still stuck with his words saying he wants to be traded. He hasn't come back, even though they know that they're going to get Zion with the number one pick. And, what, and he also came out and said that the New York Knicks could be a team on his mind that he wants to potentially play for and would re-sign with. Ooh. So. I mean, at this point, I think that, well, I think the team is going to trade Anthony Davis, especially now. They're like, we got Zion. You could leave. Like, you could leave for free, you know. No. But they're not going to do that, obviously. Well, see, the Pelicans are in a win win situation oh yeah they keep anthony davis great zion drew holiday anthony davis great i think they i mean with that team dynamic that you just explained they should keep anthony davis but at the same time he he doesn't want to be there exactly and there's so much drama and all this behind it like you just let him go yeah let him leave let him you know watch the mistake he made (laughs) and the thing is is like he wanted to be a laker but i think he screwed all things up Mm -hmm. by with the lakers just because what happened with the pelicans and the lakers in the season like yeah. terrible like pr oh, so like for, like they had a pr cleanup literally Lit- so I mean, I mean rest assured though even though the lakers have the number four pick they're still gonna mess it up i yeah. just have a feeling well i believe the pelicans came out and said that they're not interested in talking business with the lakers Wait, anymore yeah. for anthony davis wow that's smart oh well, <laughs> i mean Yay, Magic Johnson, right? Rob Palenka, yeah. Okay, you know what I think is funny is because Magic Johnson said, "Oh no, you know I'm gonna, I'm, I quit, I resign, whatever, fine, you know, do your thing." That was very cowardly and weird of you to do that at a press conference, but do your thing, live your life. Then at the draft, then like once they, if everybody finds out Kuz is like going to the mock draft, I'm sorry, the lottery draft, then he tweets out. Oh, you know, Kyle Kuzma's gonna get some good. He's gonna help us get some young talent for the Lakers. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, wait, pause. Why are you? What What are you saying? Are you involved now? Because at this point, I want Magic Johnson gone. Like, why? Why is he still involved? I just that just really bothered me, and I wanted to say it, but yeah. So he's like he's like that. They're a ex. mess. The Lakers organization is a mess. He's like that ex. Like when they see you at your best, they're like, "Hey, remember me?" Like, yeah, I was a part of that. And then when you're at your worst, they're like, "Kick you to the dirt." Yeah, I mean, it's just all a mess. Yeah. So, AD, my so. Number one pick, Pelicans, Zion. Right. Number two pick, Memphis. I have John Morant. Me too. Yeah, so I think Mike Conley, at the end of next season, it's going to be... Or next season will be his final contract. Or final... Yeah, final year that he's under a contract. And then he has an early termination uh, clause that he can... That the team can accept or not. So I think if they get John Morant, they can coexist with Mike Conley and John Morant and then John Morant just takes over the team and they build around Morant. Yeah. So that's my number two pick. You have John Morant too? I did. He also, he led the country in transition points and he has, he's really, really fast. He's like a mini Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he is actually. Yeah. 
So I think that he put he'll put really good pressure on defenses, but he's I think where he's gonna have issues, maybe struggle a little bit, is when it comes to shooting. Yeah, but even even that, like, I don't think it's such a big issue. Shooting. No, I don't think so either but because I feel like the style of defense that he plays and how quick he is, you can't teach he that. Is like, you, you could teach somebody how to you could teach somebody how to shoot better. He is absolutely explosive. Yeah, he, if you look at his highlights, he like he's really fun to watch. He is. He he literally is like a mini Westbrook to watch. So. Uh, number three pick to the New York Knicks. So this is where I stir things up. Okay, you stirring the pot. I got the Knicks trading their number three pick to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis. So my, my, my friend gave me this idea. Shout out Johnny. Um, but he kind of gave me the idea about the Knicks possibly trading for Anthony Davis. And we were talking about it and we said Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, and the third pick in the draft for Anthony Davis. So I still think that's a big win because think about it. The Pelicans get a point guard. Mm -hmm. They have Drew Holiday at shooting guard. They have Zion at power forward, Mitchell Robinson at center. Then they have... That'd be a very dominant team. And they have a very young team. That's the thing that you can build around. And that all still have... Very, build a dynasty have a very young contract or very low contract because they're still on their rookie contract and they can go out and sign you know a big name veteran veteran player like tobias harris or something like that mm-hmm. and then they get kevin knox at small forward and then with that number three pick i have whether the knicks keep it or whether they trade it to the pelicans which is my prediction i think it's gonna be rj barrett yeah me too yeah, so a, a little reunion with R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. Dude, that that would be fun to see. No, but that does bring up a good point, especially if Davis, like, he wants to, quote-unquote, go to the Knicks. I think he should just stop talking at this point because he's going to ruin things for himself. But Not necessarily ruin things for himself. I think he's trying to get the upper hand in the trade because the way, by him saying these teams like the Knicks, the Lakers, that means that he he's next year is his last year on his contract, which means mm-hmm. he's re-signing somewhere. And obviously, if the teams are the Knicks or the Lakers – He's th- those teams are going to want to trade for him rather than other teams because the other teams like, why are we going to trade all of our assets for a one-year deal? Right. And then he walks away. So I think that's why he kind of has the leverage on where he goes. Then again, the Pelicans don't even have to trade him. Yeah. But he did, like, the last game of the season last year, he, he wore a shirt that said, that's all she wrote. Yeah. So. He's been real petty, but so have the Pelicans. Super petty. So have the Pelicans. Yeah. It's just been a petty war. But, no, I had um, R.J. Barrett as well. Um, and, yeah, I had him going if whether the Knicks trade him or not, obviously. But um, he averaged almost 23 points per game with yeah. Duke. He was hooping. And that's that's with a team with Zion Williamson and, and Cam Reddish. So he wasn't even getting all the touches he normally would get. So – Thinking that he can be a franchise player, he'd be getting way more touches. And he's a big dude. He's six seven, mm-hmm. so great wing player to have. Yeah, I think so too. But he would just um, he would just have to work on like his one on ones because that's where he kind of like I think falters a little bit. So I saw basketball. Yeah. On offense or defense? Offense. Yeah. I I think that's something he can develop for sure. Yeah, I mean, all these things are something very small to develop. We're just being super nitpicky as if we played, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, number four pick. Okay, so Lakers, DeAndre Hunter from Virginia. So if the Lakers keep this pick, which I also have them trading the pick, but I have them just trading back to I have them trading back to like maybe the sixth pick to trade with the Phoenix Suns, mm. so Phoenix Suns can get their point guard in Darius Garland. Um, but 
I think if, this, if they keep it, I have DeAndre Hunter as well. Yeah, forty three point eight percent shooting, three point shooting. He's honestly kind of what the Lakers need. Someone that's more consistent. I mean, next year when Lonzo's ball, he's back. Then we've got – well, actually, I don't even want to speculate because we don't know what's going to happen with the Lakers yet. But let's just say the whole team that's there right now, Brandon Ingram, like, and LeBron, like, having those guys around LeBron, like, I think he'd be a great asset. And someone – and he's super young, someone to learn from. So I think the Lakers finally learned that, like Magic said, surrounding LeBron with playmakers mm-hmm. is what's going to work. Clearly, it didn't work. So they need to surround him with shooters. And I think DeAndre Hunter is just that guy who, like you said, had a great year from beyond the arc in college. And not only that, he did it on the biggest stage. He balled out in the NCAA championship game. So, I mean, he's shown that he can shine in the brightest of stages as well. And he can... And if we get him, okay, so we, if the Lakers get (laughs) him and put me in the front office, I swear to God, I'll make better decisions. I'm kidding. But um, we have Ingram, Lonzo's back. And LeBron, I think it would be it would be so much better, and like it, we could go even farther. It would just be the per, it would just be the right play, one of the right players to surround LeBron because let's face it, this is LeBron's team, and we have to, and we the Lakers need to put people shooters around him so that way they could be successful. Yeah, well, I that and injuries, but injuries like you have no um, control yeah, over, of course. So yes, I do. That's why I think DeAndre Hunter is perfect for him, surrounding him with shooters. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is how much time do the Lake not even just Laker fans, because the Laker fans are so impatient. We all know that. But how much time do the Lakers have to wait to see how this pans out? Because in in time, Brandon Ingram's going to be off his rookie contract. Kyle mm-hmm. Kuzma's going to be off his rookie contract. Lonzo Ball's going to be off his rookie contract. We got to start paying. You guys got to start paying players. Right. So... I mean, LeBron's taking up a lot of the cap right there. Mm-hmm. I think you got or the Lakers will get a lot of the veteran minimums to sign with them, like the JaVale McGee's, the Lance Stevenson. Right. It's not them, but like some someone of that caliber. And but you you got to start going. Yeah, like you got to get on your horse and you got to start producing. And it's not easy anymore with the Western Conference, especially with the L- LA's team is not the Lakers anymore. I'm sorry to say. It's Fra- not franchise wise. Yes, Lakers have the better franchise, but as of right now, the Lakers are not LA's team. They aren't, and it's. I mean, it was also. I mean, it was coaching. It's the way the front office was working. It was there's so many factors that went into the downfall of the Lakers, especially this past season. It just kind of blew up in everybody's faces because the Lakers have been bad for a while, like a minute since pretty since even for the before past, Co- like five... since before Kobe even retired. Like yeah, last few years of Kobe's career with the Lakers, it was bad. Yeah. Really bad. And so they're they're like, oh, you know, we're rebuilding right now. You know, we lost all these lost D Fish, Paul Gasol, like all of them, like what Lamar Odom, whatever. But so they're rebuilding. But how, how long is it going to take you to rebuild? Like how long is it going to take for you to get it together? So, yeah, you're right. They need to they need to get together or else next time Lakers are going to storm through Staples Center, not just <laughs> out, not just outside with some signs. Yeah. I mean, that honestly, that's. Such it's really bad, tragic. That's such a bad look for your franchise. Dude. Who's supposed to be, like, one of the best franchises in sports history? Forget about the NBA. Exactly. In sports history. Just even alone. If you're an L.A. fan, th- I mean, L.A., like, don't don't talk bad about our sports teams, you know, because we everybody is so passionate. The fact that your own L.A. fans are against you, like, bro, dude, there's something wrong. Very, very wrong. Like, how could you have such a great franchise and have people against you? Like, that's insane insane yeah and well the lakers they're hoping they made right 
uh, front office decisions to move them in the right direction. With that, they hired Frank Vogel as their head coach. He used to be Indiana Pacers head coach mm-hmm. when back when like Paul George, Danny Granger, Roy Hibbert, when they were like good back then. And then, um, but they also hired. Jason Kidd, Jason Kidd yep. as the assistant, which I think could be a conflict because Jason Kidd, he originally interviewed for the head coach position. The Lakers, quote unquote, said that they really liked him or they were like they liked what he was about and everything. So I think that it might just be more drama, which would be I, so s- sad. But I mean, knowing I could, the Lakers, that is a move that they would make. But I, I doubt it. I think they're going to put their differences aside because I hope so, because if even if it is drama, Jason Kidd's career goes down with the Lakers and Frank Vogel's career goes down with the Lakers. So who knows when their next coaching job will be, if that's the case, if they want to be so, so, so much drama. That's wanna... true. But then we also don't know what's going to happen. If you, like, what if like the players, like how kids working or whatever, like the people like how he's working rather than Frank Vogel, even though Frank Vogel is the head coach like there's just gonna there's just gonna always be that undermining effect because i think jason's kid's gonna want to prove himself in this position that he has with the lakers so i think that could be a conflict could be just because i mean just because it's something so small as they interviewed for the same position initially i think i think they're gonna be professionals they're gonna put differences aside but i would hope so you never know yeah you honestly never know it's the lakers <laughs> right so, but I, I like the Jason Kidd hiring as an assistant, you know, a mentor for Lonzo Ball because coming into the draft, everyone compared Lonzo Ball to Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. So I just find it so funny how like all these coaches that are coming to coach the Lakers and LeBron James played against LeBron James, like Luke Walton played against LeBron James, Jason right. Kidd played against LeBron James. Like it's funny to me. And with that being said, we'll take a quick commercial break. Then I thought, well, maybe the horse would run away and throw me into a barbed wire fence, and Rose would have to let me off then, too. Or maybe a water moccasin would climb up in the buggy and fang me. Or, but nothing like that happened. A fella never gets lucky that way. Not when he really needs to. Oh, hello. I didn't hear you come in. Did you know that the average person spends more than a year and a half of their life trying to find something to listen to on the radio? Isn't that terrible? But luckily for you, you're above average. And so the good men and women of Cal State Fullerton Titan Radio have teamed up with me, Ted Hornick, for every Saturday afternoon's Be Here How, Dog Pig Rat, a collection of underfunded, unforgettable, and as of yet undiscovered tunes. Saturdays at four, only on Cal State Fullerton Titan Radio. Ernst, pink lemonade for me. We kind of got off on a little tangent about the Lakers and what we all think about the organization and blah blah blah. But we got to wrap. We're gonna wrap it up with our fifth of our for our top five picks for the mock draft. Who do you have, Kush? For the Cleveland Cavaliers, I have them taking. I, you can go two ways with this. I have two players, but the person who I think they're gonna take is Cam Reddish from Duke. Um, he is a very streaky shooter, but if he can get his shot to go down on a consistent basis is a perfect fit for the Cavaliers, in my opinion, because having a shooter on the wing, um, you know, an athletic guy who can take it to the rack, who can play some ISO ball as well, too. And I think he will be a good fit alongside Colin Sexton. 
Now, see, for my pick, I had Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech. So that was going to be my other pick, too. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going with Cam Reddish. So Jarrett Culver? Yeah, I mean, so he kind of dropped his three-point shooting from 38% to 30 but he did make really significant improvements um, for a finisher inside the arc. So I think that he'll be good for the Cavaliers because he averages like 18, almost like 18 and a half points per game. Yeah, and Culver, like, put Texas Tech on his back and took him to the championship game. He didn't produce in the championship game. That's another story. But I think, yeah, he he would also be a good fit as well because he's a great all-around player. Mm -hmm. He's lengthy. He can play defense. He can take the ball to the rack. Yeah, he could take the ball to the rack. Like, solid guy. You can't really go wrong with him. I think he's a guy that you could definitely develop because he's so well-rounded. You could develop all his skills. He could be really great. Yeah, and also with, I think, getting these younger players will be good, too, because the Cavaliers just hired the a new head coach who has no NBA experience from uh, Michigan. He's He was a head coach at Michigan, so I think, and also Michigan played Texas Tech and lost to them in, the, in March Madness, so he knows Jarrett Culver's play style, so I think it would be a good fit for Culver and for uh, the Cavaliers head coach. Okay, guys, quick update from the Raptors and Bucks game. There's three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, and it is now 100 to 98 Raptors. Wow, it's coming down to the wire. Yeah, I mean, we'll announce like the end score because by the time we're done talking about the MLB, game will be over. Yeah, the game is going to be over. So we'll give you guys an update, even though we're not watching it. So it's kind of, I have no reaction and to it. And they'll know it by the time the episode comes Yeah, out you anyways. probably will. So, but. but you can get our reactions. Yeah, because we know you care about how we feel, you know. So, yeah, let's move on to MLB. Okay, so let's first talk about the Angels. So after they had a really bad Mexico series, they dropped to Houston. But after that, they were still subtly coming back up. They took on the Detroit Tigers next, took the series from them, winning two games. And then they almost swept the Orioles. They did drop the last game 5-1. to one, And then they did just lose a series to the Twins. Um, and they ended with a couple losses. But... I think they're doing so much better. I think that Brad Osmus has kind of, kind of gotten his reins around his team right now, and he's kind of like he is a new coach. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think anybody expected him to just like pick it up right away and have the Angels do well. With the lack of pitching and the injuries the Angels have, I don't think they're going to do well. They were going to do well at first, but Matt Harvey, the Dark Knight, he's shown out. He's done really, really well. Um, Otani's back. Otani San. He's back. We'll talk about him in a second. And also, new pitcher who um, Griffith Canning, mm-hmm. who's actually from Orange County. He grew up an Angels fan, which is super cool. Yeah, he's gonna be the Angels' ace in the next few years. He's, I think he's our age. I think he's twenty two or my age. I think he's twenty two or twenty three, and he's so composed on the mound. And he, he got, he got his first win. Mm-hmm. Um, but against the, against the Tigers, but he he's doing really. I think he's gonna be very very well. And I think that with the Angels, it's pitching. It's always always pitching. I think any team, but pitching is one thing that the Angels really needed to step up on. And now they're doing it. They did send a couple guys down. Peter Borges was down. Justin Borg. But they released him. He's on waiver wire right now. Oh okay. For Borges. Oh okay. I didn't but know. um yeah, with the pitcher, he in his first game he allowed no runs. He ended up with a no decision his first game. Right. But got the win. Yeah, he his didn't get the win the first game. 
Um, and the bats are clicking. Oh, they for are. For the Angels. 10 runs in the second game. Andrew- oh, sorry. Uh, 13 runs in the third game. They won 13-0. Yeah, I mean, you got Pujols breaking records over here, but Andrelson Simmons. About damn time, that 2,000 RBI. <laughs> no, he's like, he got like nine, nine, he got nine, 1,999, and then he just like. Yeah, but then when chilled. he got that 2,000, like he started, he hit a home run that game, mm-hmm. and then he hit two home runs the next game yeah. with three RBIs. So he, he's finally getting it clicking it together yeah but Angelton Simmons he's mm-hmm. been consistent all year he's mm-hmm. always on base he's been doing really well David Fletcher it's just finally Tommy Listella dude Listella Tommy's raking at the plate yeah I think it's I, finally clicking for the Angels this season Tommy has had as many home runs or if not more than his last five seasons combined he's leading the team in home yeah. runs right now he is 11 or 12 right now mm-hmm. so and then like we said, we were going to talk about Otani. Having Otani, having Otani in this lineup helps tremendously. Mm-hmm. Not for Mike Trout too. Um, like having having someone behind Mike Trout hit is a lot better because now they actually have to pitch to Mike Trout, whereas they were just like, oh, we could just walk him, right. whatever. He'll be on base. No one's going to bring him in. But yeah. now Otani, who's batting three twenty one, he's been getting RBIs. Like he looks like he hasn't skipped. He got a beat. his first home run. Yeah. And it was a bomb to center, mm-hmm. 429 feet. Yeah. Absolute bomb. So, yeah, kudos to the Angels. Congrats on getting it together. Glad they... Still not yet, because, honestly, that division is tough. Yeah. With but, I mean, for Astros. themselves, they've gotten it together so far. And then we're still... It's the baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah. And then, moving on, let's go across the freeway. Doyers. All right. I mean, I don't think anybody's prouder than me right now. Also, it was expected. The Dodgers are doing amazing. Bellinger on a freaking roll. Like, I think that there's going to – and not to mention, Ryu almost pitched a no-hitter. Oh, my God. Ryu The other day, I was wa- – on Mother's Day. Yeah, it was on Mother's Day. I remember watching him like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then, you know, damn, like so close. But that's yeah. – aw- that's insane. The Dodgers. Ryu had a complete game shutout the game before too. Exactly. And he's another one. He's on it this year. Last he year is. he was he would either be really good pitching how he's pitching now one game and then the next game just you know give up a home run or two mm-hmm. and then some hits and then we lose. But he's always been very inconsistent with what I'm trying to say last year. But this year, it's really he's really tightened it up from what we've seen so far. And it's about freaking time. It's yeah. about time. And then not to mention the Dodgers bats. I'm sorry, nothing can compete. Nothing can compete with that lineup right now. Yeah, for both, for average and for power, yes. Yes. Overall, yes. I the Dodgers lineup and they're just when they're clicking, they're they're scary. Yeah, I mean, I I I hope that they would be as good as they're playing right now this season. I hope they continue it throughout the season because if we keep playing like we're playing right now, I mean, we're going to the World Series again, for sure. And we're going to win. (laughs) And we're going to win, okay? Keep that energy up. uh, Keep that energy up. You know what? This is one thing you guys will know. I always have hope for my team. I will always keep that hope forever. Like, y'all don't want to see me the day the Dallas Cowboys (laughs) make it to the Super Bowl, let alone win. I'll lose my mind. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyways, so. What's worse, the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl or the Patriots? Oh, honestly, the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl <laughs> would be terrible for everyone except me and my family. But yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, Dodgers are doing awesome. But off the field, they're not. Well, not all of them. Do you want us to shed some light on this? 
Urias yeah. is in a little trouble. Little trouble. Yeah, to yeah, say the least. He's dealing with uh, domestic violence allegations <sighs> right now, and it's it's sad to see such a young pitcher with such high expectations and big potential, you know, slip up off the field and could potentially cost his career. Well, yeah, he's on leave now. The Dodgers placed him on leave, yeah. which I think awesome, good move by the Dodgers. Whether or not it's true or not. Get him out of here. He need that it needs to be investigated fully. And why would you want someone on your team dealing with that? I think, I think that's a good move by the Dodgers. It might be a PR move, but at the end of the day, it makes them like it makes them look good. I mean, it sucks because that's like the younger guy. But the Dodgers aren't skipping a beat, which is why. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It was a good move for the Dodgers. Uh huh. And then let me just read like the police report. So Urias was arrested and charged with domestic battery after an alleged physical altercation with a woman in the parking lot of the Beverly Center, an upscale shopping mall in L.A. at 7:30 p.m. According to the Los Angeles Police Department, he was released at 1:30 a.m. Tuesday after posting twenty thousand dollar twenty thousand dollar bail and did not join his teammates later in the afternoon. And the MLB is doing its own investigation, of course. I think when it comes to this type of stuff, the MLB is a little better than the NFL, which they actually, oh, yeah, yeah and which they actually investigate and kind of go through with things and just do things, quote unquote, the right way. Morally correct. Yes. And rather than what is better for the league mm-hmm. or not, which, and, well, kudos and hats off to the MLB for that. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's because the MLB is, quote unquote, in the process of gathering facts, unquote, and then while he's on, technically, what is, is an administrative leave. So, I mean, we can't, I mean, as much as I'd like to say, we cannot accuse anyone or anything of what he did or what he didn't do. But, I mean, if this is true, his career is over for sure because he's probably going to get arrested, right? That's how that works. You do something wrong, you break the law, you get arrested. So now let's move on to something a little more lighter, a little more record-breaking-ish-esque, I believe. Chris Sales. 17 strikeouts in seven innings. Yeah. That That's more than most, some players have in three games. Yeah, that was a dominant, dominant, dominant performance by Chris Sale. And the part that sucks is he didn't even get the win. I know. It went I to mean, extras, and they, the Boston Red Sox lost to the Colorado Rockies 5-4. So it sucks he didn't even get the win, but hell of a performance by Chris Sale. 17 strikeouts. That's insane. Insane. And a lot of people were questioning sales and the Red Sox with that they're not looking like they're, you know, World Series form anymore. Mm-hmm. So they need to get their shit together. So I think this performance right here may spark the Red Sox to move in the right direction. Let's hope it doesn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, Chris Sales, he did break a record. He's the first player in MLB history to get 17 strikeouts in seven innings. So congrats to him. Insane. Hats off to him. But I still hope the Red Sox lose every game. Jesus. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to be honest on here. But, I mean, the Red Sox are a dominant team. So, like you said, they probably should get it together pretty soon. And there's a lot of games in baseball. There is. And, like I said, it's, always, it's, all, it's all about pitching. So maybe this kind of showed, like, oh, you know, maybe we should try to, you know, get some bats together. You know, maybe have more than one guy who could pitch really well. So, I think they're that... really missing Craig Krimble though. They're really missing their closer. Yeah. Um, who's still, I believe, a free agent. I don't know why or how. Like teams could really use him. I think he'll for sure get picked up before before the All Star break. Yeah. Because that's easy. I think. That's I think. Easy. I think a team like the Brewers would be good because oh, their bullpen yeah. needs help. Jesus. Yeah. A lot. Oh my God. Yeah. Their bats are in full swing. Yeah. No pun intended. 
but ha 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 their pitching needs help their bullpen oh definitely i think i think what's going to stop i mean what's going to stop any team from winning is pitching but the brewers need it because they have the talent to be a really mm-hmm. really good team but they need pitching mm-hmm. they need help help somebody somebody anybody and someone who does need help is tim anderson getting a lot of scrutiny a l- under a lot of scrutiny for the way he plays the game listen okay you know you speak what you have to say cuz i have some opinions about this. <laughs> well, so Tim Anderson, he's raking at the play. He's been playing really well. Had an amazing month of April. Um, he, right now he's batting 320, and he's had eight home runs and 13 stolen bases. So he's a solid dude on the base pads and hitting and everything. But a lo- he's getting a lot of scrutiny for his bat flips. Bat flips like crazy, like some Jose Batista type shit, but every time he hits a home run. Me personally... I love it. I absolutely love it. Like, if if you got the game to be cocky, like, at least back it up. And if you don't want to see that from a pitcher's perspective, like, then don't give up the home runs. Okay, so let me just go all the way back to Babe Ruth. He literally would grab his bat, point it in the outfield where he was going to hit it. That's cocky. Bat flipping, when it's obviously gone, the pitch is already there, you already made the mistake, it's not like he distracted it before he threw the pitch. Who cares? The fact, I think, I don't know, I forget what the name of the show was, but one of the analysts on there said, well, when I'm a pitcher and I see you do a bat flip, that makes, that affects me emotionally. Oh, I'm sorry, grown man. Does a little bat flip hurt your feelings? Are you serious? You already threw the pitch. You threw the pitch that let him hit that home run. I so, think I think I saw that show that you're talking about, and the, one of the other analysts were like, if I ever saw my son do that, we're walking straight to the car. Oh, my God, yes. I was like, I was watching that. I was like, are you? What? Yeah. What is wrong with you? Why is this world so sensitive? Seriously. Like, you can't have fun anymore? Like, that's perfect. Like, home run, boom. If you know it's gone, you feel that. Like, when you – I used to play softball, so when you hit the ball and you know it's gone, that's gone. And you know it. So you want to show off. God forbid. And it's not like, okay, this would make sense if this was like high school people. It wouldn't make sense, actually. It wouldn't make sense in any case, any age. I don't care if they're five years old. These are grown men. And I'm so sorry that you get paid $30 million to sit there and you feel sad. No, you don't get to feel sad. It's your fault in the first place that you threw the pitch that that sent that out. So I think that Anderson is getting an unfair thing and... I'm just gonna say it. I think it's because of what he looks like. A player how he of color. Looks. Yeah, he's a player I, of color I, I can with agree. emotion. He's a player of color with emotion. Let me let's go back all the way to Babe Ruth. People celebrate that. People do that now. Where they're pointing out in the field, Babe Ruth. Why wasn't the, Why wasn't it a problem? Hmm. We won't get too into that, but I think Anderson's being dealt a very unfair hand, and I think those analysts on that show. And everyone who thinks that way needs to grow a pair. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. With I mean, you. come on. So God, these guys go go cry, go cry in your pillow. <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> so these guys literally spend their entire lives training to be a professional player, and this is their job. And what you're saying is basically they can't have fun with the game that they love to play exactly. their entire life. I mean, that's why people hated Puig too. Yeah, because he was cocky. Yeah. So, but like. If you have the game to back it up, by all means, be cocky. But be cocky to a certain level. It's like, not like he's disrespecting them. Exactly. Like, he's not like he's like throwing the bat at them. He's but not see, spitting at like nothing but see, like the thing that. Is, is analysts and stuff they do think it's dis- it's disrespectful. Where when honestly you like 
look at other sports. If you I, think this is disrespectful, oof. don't watch football. Don't this, watch basketball. Like, like they're ruining the argument that like baseball is a soft quote unquote soft sport <laughs> because over a bat flip. Oh my god, I just I just can't. I can't. I can't. Ugh. So Tim Anderson, you keep doing you. You keep breaking at the. We plate. support you. The nosebleeds support you. We'll be supporting you. may not hear us or see us because we're <laughs> way at the top, but we support you. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't let the haters stop you. We can keep going, but <laughs> yeah. So, and that's that on that. And that's that on that. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that is all the time we have for today. I love how Brandy just has a little switch. Like, she was getting real hypey right now <laughs> in baseball. Night. All right, guys. Well, that's um, going to do this episode. I am a professional, so <laughs> this is how I... This is how I fluctuate. See any future employers out there? I know I might have a lot of opinions, but I think it'd be fun. Get to that watch bread, Brandy. Yeah, Get that know, bread. Yeah, I'm actually promoting myself right now. But <laughs> uh, speaking of promoting ourselves, if you don't follow us on Instagram or Twitter, honestly, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Please, come on. And if you aren't, if you aren't here, it is the no underscore nosebleeds on Instagram and at the nosebleeds on Twitter. Follow us. Love us, like us, talk to us, rate us on Apple Podcasts, only yeah. if it's five stars. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Write a review if you're feeling generous, too. Also, if you want any suggestions of what we should talk in the future, if you agree, disagree with anything we say, hit us up at the Nosebleeds. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but also, okay, just we'll end on this. So I'm really proud of us, both of us, because we're graduating college Woo-hoo! on Sunday. So this Sunday. So after, so, oh, my God, dude, I really don't want to cry. And I'm like trying to mentally prepare myself. But as soon as I go see my family, they're all going to be crying because they're all emotional wrecks. Oh, and then I'm going to start crying. You heard it here first. But go us. <laughs> high five. Boom. We did that. I'm so happy and so proud of us. It's honestly been great. I loved my college experience. Um, but yeah, so we'll end it on that. So if you want us to grad- congratulate us, let us know that you're proud of us too. Because we did the damn thing. We did it. Yeah. Woo! Okay. See you guys later. Deuces. <laughs>